Welcome to Punch Board Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 71, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays and then kind of wrap up 2020. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Nah, I'm Richie. Okay, I have, I have a quick question. <laughs> okay. Who has watched the new Wonder Woman movie? Oh, I saw it. Oh, I have not. You know how I feel about superheroes. Okay, so I'm, I'm no spoilers here. I'm just going to give my honest opinion. Why did you watch this? You're done with superhero movies anyway. You told me. Well, and I, sh- I should have been, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, was that movie bad. I'm sorry, but that movie, the plot was terrible. It was That's a sieve. It had tons of holes in it. It was bad. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, Gal Gadot is is uh is 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 a great Wonder Woman. Let's just put it that way. Um, and uh, the acting is fine, but the plot was oh my goodness. Yeah, that, I, that's the thing. There were a lot of good actors. I felt like in that movie, but yeah, it was just kind of all over the place. Oh, I was I was oh. sad, and actually, what a waste. Um, because there were some really great moments for Kristen Wiig. Like she injected some humor into it, which was kind of fun, but like. It's just the yeah. plot was such a mess, and you're right. Yeah. That, that was the big no. deal. So everybody, you know, and the uh, I don't know the actor's name who plays Oberon in, in Game of Thrones, but he did a great job. It just was, I don't know, the, the character, his character didn't really do much and with the plot or whatever. Ugh, I'm saying, yeah. if anybody out there liked it, by all means, I'm glad you liked it. But wow, did I just find some. I don't know, Richie. Are you planning on watching this? You don't watch superhero movies. You don't no. care. <laughs> no, I'm not watching. Hey, that. you know, um, I, I would say I watched Soul, and it was a lot better. That was on Disney. That Pixar movie on Disney. I've heard that, good things that about good. that. I watched the same thing, Chad. Right after we finished Wonder Woman, we went and watched Soul, and I was like, "Now there is a good movie." Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. enjoyable, and I thought there cute. was some really interesting, uh, you know. It's talking about a lot of abstract content concepts, and I thought that it made some really interesting choices. They made some really interesting creative choices with those. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't like my favorite Pixar movie, but man, it was a no. much better movie. And I, in fact, liked it yeah. even better than than Onward. I think Onward was a release uh, during the summertime that was straight off of Disney, too. So I anyway. loved Onward. You think it was better than Onward? I think it was better than Onward. Yeah, I All do. Right. Cool. Um, and I liked Onward, but I think it was better. Hmm. I didn't see Onward, so I can't comment on that. I just thought that Soul was a was a cute movie. It was it was, you know, not what I expected when I first started watching it. That's for sure. Well, I want to ask because we really haven't talked since before. So did you did you all have good good holidays? Did you have a nice uh, Christmas? Mine was great. You know, just here with the wife and the kids. Uh, just hung out and enjoyed the day. The wife loves buying lots of gifts for the kids, even since you know a couple of my children are. Uh, basically almost adults now she still <laughs> likes to buy them like she loves to get all these little trinkety stuff for their stockings like you know it's like uh, stuff that like little you remember the little pinball uh not you know they're little plastic pinball things that you can shoot that are real cheap you know right, like right. they're just oh, yeah, yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. of junk she has every one of those in every one of the boys' stockings because she's like, oh, they'll like this. <laughs> Honey, they're 20 and 18. <laughs> but you know what? She It's part of her enjoyment to to put all that stuff in there, and we still put candy in all their stockings, and, and she loves it. So it was, still, it was a nice day, and like I said, basically just sat there and watched a couple of movies and, and relaxed. It was, it was literally my first full day off of work 
in a month and a half. So that was nice Ooh, for me. Nice. I was, that I is was nice quite happy you, yeah. with that. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, we had a we had a good time. We just did a we did a Zoom call with my family for Christmas Eve, and I, I did get in a little trouble, fellas, uh, with Jessica. Uh-oh. So we do. You didn't come over to play games, so that can't be it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. But we do a secret Santa with my family, and right before we were about to get on the Zoom call, I see an email pop up, and I, I didn't really read it. All I saw was Amazon twenty dollars secret Santa. So in, in my family, we have a limit, and the limit this year was fifty bucks. And so I just thought my secret Santa, you know, because I had a bunch of stuff on my Amazon wish list that I wanted. Some of it was like around $30. So I thought they were just kind of filling in with that $20 gift card. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even think. I just clicked on it. I entered the code. And I'm going to blame Jamie and Joe from Slack because Mm -hmm. I just bought Birdie Fight or Songbirds, Mm -hmm. whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you bought it you bought it from your secret santa i don't i'm well confused. i got so i see this email it says uh-huh. amazon secret santa twenty dollars and i said just right away i thought you know what i'll pick up birdie fight because i keep seeing this pop up in slack so i i bought it literally two minutes that was a two minute thought and it, the action right. was done okay so then we go to the secret santa with the family and i open up my gift and my secret Santa, uh, who was my uncle, gave me the Twilight Struggle Geek Bit set, Whoa, which is nice. really nice, and uh, just about 50 bucks on its own. So yeah. right when I see that, I know that I messed up something, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> there's no way he's going to go just $20 over the limit just, just for fun. So then I go back and I read that email, and the email is a reminder that there that this $20 gift card has been sent and then i i i realized that my wife also had a secret santa and this was a, she was the secret santa in this instance and she was giving this gift card to her coworker at work <laughs> interception <laughs> so then That's i had awesome. to explain to jessica that i just spent her coworker's gift card that she just gave her <laughs> and that she needs to go buy her a new one <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Merry Christmas, coworker. Hope yeah. you like Birdie Fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you like to come over and play some Birdie Fight? Yeah. But the but Birdie Fight came today, so hopefully we'll get this played uh, maybe even tonight after we record. So. Oh right. Well, tell tell our now that she's forgiven you. Tell tell our punch bunch uh, a little bit about Birdie Fighter. Why Songbirds is what it's called, right? Uh yeah, Songbirds is what it's called. I don't. I'll be honest. With you, I. I've just seen the pictures and I'm seeing the comparisons to Arboretum. They keep saying that it's like a like a little hint of Arboretum as far as how you build out the cards and stuff like that. I really I have not read the rules. But right, but Joe had said that it's a, a little bit easier scoring than Arboretum. Yeah, which a makes little bit a little bit easier scoring, plays a little faster, and then the literal translation of it is birdie fight, which honestly, that was a big draw. Just that <laughs> and <laughs> and the comparisons to uh, Arboretum. Cool. Well, so it sounds like, I mean, our house was the same. We did a lot of Zoom calls to relatives and everything. But uh, the nice thing is having a couple of days off from work and, and uh, plenty of time to uh, spend time with the family and game. So what, what have you all been playing, Richie? Uh, what have you been playing then? Uh, obviously, you haven't gotten to birdie fight yet, but what else? I'll throw it real quick uh, before I talk about The King is Dead. That's what I played recently here. But uh, we got my city. And we got in six plays in the first night. Hey, you hey, guys, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah, it's, you did. It's a good game. It's good, it's a solid huh? game. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to continue that. And have That's, you both finished it already? Yes. yes. And 
I gave it actually to another couple that we uh, enjoy uh, gaming with when it's not COVID time, and they've been really careful and protective. And so we left that on their front doorstep, and they gave us some butter beer. Um, and uh, yeah, so so they're they're digging into it because we only played two of the four players. So cool. Uh, so yeah, I got, we got in a play of the king is a got in a couple plays of the king is dead, and uh, this is kind of like. It gives me like the feelings of Pax Premier and Bus mashed Ooh, together, wow. turned into like a, a a filler. That sounds fantastic. Wow, it does. the The whole theme is you know the king is dead, and then you have there's followers in medieval Britain that are now trying to decide you know who's going to be the new ruler. Uh, so the way that the game works, there are you know, a bunch of cubes. There's blue, red, and yellow cubes. They represent like Scottish, Welsh, and English representatives. But honestly, I just say blue, red, and yellow while we're playing. Uh, and there's a map of medieval Britain. And there are eight different regions in the map. And at the beginning of the game, you will shuffle up these region cards. And on the sides of the boards, there's numbers one through eight. And you'll lay out just randomly the different region cards and they all correspond to one of the regions that are on the map and the way that the game plays is that you are trying to have the most cubes and whatever ends up being the the most powerful of those three followers but the way that it works is that on your turn so you have one of two options when it's your turn you either play an action card and you only have eight action cards or you pass and so where you get the bus feel is, is that you have eight actions for the entire game. And if you wanted to, you could play your eight actions all in that first round. But then you're just going to be sitting there because the other person can then play the eight action cards as they see fit and keep going. So like a round does not end until you get those consecutive passes and then you go into that second round. And then that's when you could that's when you're going to score that second region. So if you're not careful with your action cards, you might run out by the by the end of the game and then your your opponent is just going to be just playing but basically like i said you're either going to play an action card or pass when you play an action card all the cards do or they'll allow you to manipulate the cubes that are on the board uh, either by adding cubes from the supply or removing cubes or moving them around or even switching the different regions as far as when they're going to score and then after you take an action you have to take one of the cubes off the board and put it in front of you and those are the cubes that are going to be your score essentially at the end even though you're playing in action and probably trying to strengthen an area in order to actually score you have to weaken them on the board because you have to take one of their cubes off uh, but once you get those consecutive passes then you'll look at that region to see who has the most cubes there and then that region will get a scoring disc of whatever color that is so if blue has the most cubes there you put a blue disc down there and then there's two ways that the game can end if there is a french invasion which anytime that there's a tie in a region, instead of, uh, obviously, since there's a tie, you're not gonna be putting down one of the colored discs, you'll put down, there's three black discs that are in a, a region, um, I think it's France, that, that they have off to the side of the board. So you'll put one of those black discs down. And if three blast, black discs are on the board, then the game ends immediately due to the French invasion. And instead of it being the normal scoring, which whatever followers have the most control, uh, throughout all the regions then whoever has the most cubes of those followers wins the game so if blue has won five of the you know eight regions they're going to be the most powerful so then whoever has the most blue cubes would win 
that's the normal scoring. If it's the French invasion, then it's you have to score sets of the three different followers. So whoever has the most uh, red, blue, yellow sets would win instead. That kind of same push and pull, like with Pax Premier, where you're, you know, sometimes you are kind of working and you're both kind of going at the same cues, but you're at the same time weakening them at, at, at some point. So then you might switch to a different followers that you're trying to go after. I know it's interesting. It's it's a nice little filler game. It does play really quick, but it just gives you those those feel of those two games, in my opinion. So uh, that is the king is dead. Hmm, that sounds really interesting. I'm I'm interested in uh, delving into it since I haven't played my copy yet. And how many did you say you played with? We played it at two. In the and honestly, it feels just like a two player game because I looked at if you're playing with more than two. I think you can only play two or four. And if you play that four-player game, it's a team game. Okay. So that still just okay. seems like a two-player game to me. So, so yeah, I would definitely bust it out, Chad. I, I, that is something that you, you, you can honestly teach Steph, and it's a fast game. Cool. Well, Clef, what about you? I know you've, you've been working a lot, but it sounds like you got a little bit of time here. Yeah, you know, i got to make time for gaming, that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> well, I actually played this past week a – it's a game that uh, – that you played uh, well, about a year and a half ago, I think, for the first time after we had played a 18xx game for like seven hours, <laughs> you had popped in and, and got a game of uh, Space Corp uh, 2025 to 2400, I think, maybe is the right dates on it. I don't know. I'm only going to say, say sure. Space Corp. <laughs> yeah, from, from this point on. Um, it's, a, it's a GMT game, and it is basically kind of a space exploration game. Um, how it's, it's divided into three different eras where you basically uh, have three different boards that you will play. Like you'll start off with one board, and then you'll flip it. Uh, to another board and flip to another board. So, which is kind of neat because it then it doesn't take up as much room on the table. You can kind of switch out boards, but you'll all have a individual uh, board, which they call your infra, which is basically where you're going to have cards that you're going to be playing that have different actions on them. And the cards that you play down to your, your board, you can use those over and over again. Otherwise the cards in your hand are like you're using them and just kind of discarding them. And then you have different, uh, the cards do different things like move, which is obviously going to move your your teams, or explore, which allows you to explore different regions, or build, where you can build these different space stations. And those are the three main actions that you, you take a lot. There's a lot of other different actions, but, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly, the rules are a lot simpler than what I thought that they were going to be when I first was kind of learning the game. It, it's it's really not a, a complex thing, and it's 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 just kind of a, I, I would just kind of call it a fun thing where you're just, you know, oh, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get to that planet, and then I'm going to explore, and then you're, you know, the exploring is always usually pretty good. There's, like, think I think there was one or two bad tiles that you could find, but for the most part, they were good things, and you're, like, finding, like, minerals or water or different things like that, that then you could build different buildings uh, like these, uh, either like a spaceport or you could build a, uh, oh goodness, it's hard, like a refinery and these different things, you know, they got you different things. And then they also had like a little cube, uh, thing where anytime you got something called genetics, you moved a cube, or if it was revelation, you moved a cube. And eventually once you get to the second era of the game, then there's a whole bunch of cards that you can 
earn by moving your cube around to get these either what they call breakthroughs or adaptations. And so then it's different, like special player powers that you have. Um, it was really entertaining to me. I really was, and I didn't, you know, at first when I first started playing it, I was like, eh, I don't think this is for me. This is kind of, I'm not really big into space themes, uh, especially right now, you know, I'm more into wanting that, uh, you know, history type of thing. And so I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but literally by the time we got to the second era, I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Um, you know, and, and Chad C you, you might want to close your ears right now, but this is like what I feel like terraforming Mars. This is what I would rather have than terraforming Mars. This, the card play is a lot more simpler. I'm not having to remember a hundred different cards on either person's, you know, tableau. It just seems like a lot more, uh, it was just more fun for me. And um, in like early in the game, you have these, you know, you like I said, you have move cards and you're starting off by maybe moving like three or four or five. And by the end of the game, you're moving like 50, 70, 120, you know, so you get these big jumps that you can do. Um, you know, yeah, overall, a very enjoyable game and Went out and ended up, you know, getting my own copy or, you know, my own copies on its way right now because really enjoyed this. Uh, so, Chad, I, I can't even remember what you it's been so long. What it, what was your thoughts on this game? Well, my favorite thing about the game was that um, sort of programming actions board that you had. I can't remember what you called it. The infra or whatever. The infra. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that was really fun to try to get those out. So you had good permanent actions, you know, and how you, mm -hmm. what, you know, it's sort of, you usually ch choose to go one way with it, sort of like, oh, I'm going to make sure I really, you know, make this action strong first off or, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, so that was really interesting to me. Um, I did not, I, gosh, it really surprises me. I keep forgetting that I'm talking to new clef and it really surprises <laughs> me. Uh, that you enjoyed so you can spend a lot of time and resources sometimes trying to get to certain planets and really pushing it and shooting ahead of um, of of the people that you're playing with to try to get to a planet first or something like that and then you get to it and it's like I don't remember what it was Martians attack or something like that it could be there weren't very many but there were a couple of them and when they come out and you just try to get to that or or the person you're playing uh, against try to get to that you just feel bad for them and so that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And then hmm. did you play all three ages? Because holy cow, that third age is super long. It, we uh, the, the first game I played, we only made it through the first two ages. The third, the second game I played, we played through all three. Uh, we, we made it to the very end. Uh, it is probably my biggest knock on the game is it is, it is long. And uh, the second game I played, I only played it uh, two player. And there's really no, they don't scale back where, you know, like there are certain regions you can't go to or anything. Right. So it literally felt like almost by the end of the, um, by the end of each era, we had almost explored and done everything that was out on the map. So it was mm -hmm. like, you know, all right, we're ready to move on type of thing. Yeah. So I will agree. It did feel a little long. Now I know part of the game says, Hey, if you want to, you can just play one era, two errors, you know, you can jump right into the third era if you want to type of thing. So you're not restricted and the card decks are different for each era. So it's not like you're behind with the exception of maybe, you know, you've got some cards left over from the round before on your infra. Um, you know, the, you can just jump right into another era. I don't know if I'd want to do that because I kind of like the fact that, you know, you're starting off slow and, you know, you kind of are, it's kind of a building type of game. Um, 
I agree. I, the one other thing that about the the infra, the your board, at any time you can use any other person's board if you want to. So somebody else has got a really good board, and like, oh man, you've got seven movement, you know, and I need that to do something. You can say, I'm just using your board. And they get a reward out of it, but the only thing they get, they get another card. They get to draw a card, which is usually in, in that game, you're like, I don't care. Draw a card. You know, I'm going to use your board because it's so amazing. I don't really care if you get to draw a card. Right, so I forgot I, about I like, that. Yeah, I liked that a lot, too. I will agree with you, the Explorer tiles, you know, so that what you're kind of talking about is if you get out to a planet and you do an Explore, you get to draw these random tiles. And... They can be a little bit like a, ooh, I hit the one that gives me water and life, and so it's really good for me type of thing. And you hit one that was just a natural wonder. It gave you a couple of victory points, but it doesn't really do much else for you. So sometimes it can be a little swingy. I, I literally think there's maybe one or two tiles in the entire thing that are like, ooh, that was bad for you. Otherwise, they're all just at least like just straight up victory points. So I didn't find the swinginess and being bad very you know something but maybe just the tiles weren't as good as the other ones but i don't know the the two-player game i played i started off really hot and then my opponent like mid-game like came roaring back i was up by like 20 points at one point and all of a sudden next thing i look down i'm down by 10 points so i think that just because maybe at some point maybe it's not going as well i think it can kind of swing back the other way uh but overall i don't know if i'm going to say that this game is like one that i'm like Ooh, I really want to play a big competitive, you know, hardcore, you know, like knife in a phone booth, you know, type of food chain magnate or something like that type of game. This is more of a, hey, let's have a good time. We're having fun. Let's go explore space or whatever. And it was just, you know, it was that type of game for me. And like I said, I'm surprised I liked it too. Um, But here lately, I'm surprised I liked a lot of things. Yeah. It (laughs) It sounds like you like the theme of it, actually. I did. I, yeah. I, I genuinely thought that that was just it was just a fun little thing. Uh, the designer, John Butterfield, um, you know, I guess the story goes that he he read the book, which I, I don't know if it's called Space Corps or what exactly it is. But and he basically said, I'm making this into a board game. And then that's what his inspiration was to uh, to make this a board game. So it almost made me want to go and read the book. And I thought, ah, I'll just leave that for Chad. <laughs> so, Chad, your assignment is uh, to read that book and tell me how it is. All okay, right. great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, if you are looking for a, you know, like I said, a fun, I want to go out and just kind of explore space, and yet it's a competitive, and it's got a whole bunch of cool things going on. It definitely is worth it. It's also got an expansion coming that uh, you can P five hundred right now. Um, that has like variable player powers and different things like that, which obviously I'm always up for and. Uh, looking forward to so it, yeah interesting fun game uh, at least for me i would definitely say you know give it a play it was enjoyable but make sure you got lots of time if you want to play the whole game so chad what have you been getting to the table well um i got in a couple I, i've been getting to game a, lo- a lot more since uh the vacation and we're not going anywhere so um I got. I, I want to mention it really quick because uh, Norm at the game shop uh, loaned me his uh, copy, and it's a it's a lighter game. So I'll just mention it real quick. But the family was like head over heels for it. It's a game from Elf Creek Games called Honey Buzz, and uh, it's uh, by Paul Solomon. And at first I thought, oh, you know, we'll just play this. They'll enjoy it. It's a lighter game, but it is a Kickstarter. 
version of this game. And man, I just want to tell you, I think one of the best things you can do with a game besides, you know, great gameplay and good artwork is bling out the resources, the resources in general. And so it has honey in this game, like different kinds of, of honey. And it's like this rubberized material. And you just want to like roll it back and forth between your fingers. Cause it's just a really cool, I don't know. It's a really cool feeling. Everything. This game though is, is produced to the nth degree. It's a, it's a great little game, but what you're doing is you have bees and you can get more bees, um, to, to work because you're, it's part of the board is worker placement. So you're putting your little worker bees out and grabbing pieces of hive. And then you have to build that hive around, uh, in a pattern to make an empty cell, an empty, like hexagonal cell. And that hexagonal cell corresponds to these different kinds of wildflower or acacia flower honey that you can have your other bee out on the board fly to. And if you have built that empty cell so that it matches uh, the different color wedges, because these, these hives that you get have different color stripes on them. And so different acacia or different uh, wildflowers or whatever, those are, those will um, be, those will match those different cells. And so you are trying to fly your bee out on the board to try to take advantage of, of getting those. And in the meantime, when you hook up all those hives together to make an empty cell, any actions that are on those hive tiles will trigger and you'll get to to do all those it's kind of like an action selection mechanism there so the different actions are you can take five coins which are actually points or acorns or whatever they're they're actually uh, points and money in the game uh, simultaneously you can do a produce action which allows you to take those uh, hive tiles or the the um, actual wildflower and acacia tiles that you've filled in those empty ones with you can produce and so you will produce those and uh, create more of the honey, those rubberized honey tile, uh, those rubberized honey goods, which are really great. So you'll get those. And then you can also uh, get more worker bees. So you can uh, stack workers as well, which is important because if people go to a space to grab a hive tile that you already want, you will have to bring another bee along um, such that your number of worker bees is one more than what's already there. Then you can also turn in resources for orders because there are orders out on the board and you can fulfill those orders or you can s sell to the honey stock market basically. And when you sell, it brings the stock market value down, but you get money or points for it. Uh, simultaneously, there are also um, cards out in the middle that you are either racing to, to do first um, which are certain objectives or end game objectives, which is to have the most of something sometimes. Uh, it's actually a really interesting family game and it's fun. It's something, it's a little bit more tight than I expected it to be. You are basically trying to figure out, you know, you can sell to that stock market. You could just do that the whole time. And certainly uh, there are times where you want to do that because what you're turning in for an order is worth less than you'd get if you sold a bunch to the market. But you can also um, turn in orders, and sometimes those objectives are turning in the first couple orders. So there's a nice, interesting balance there, and there's a little bit of economy there. And also, if you're smart with how you build your hives and tile lay, you can close a couple of different uh, cells or hive tiles at the same time, which uh, takes some planning, but you can definitely do it.
So this is actually a game that uh, on the surface it doesn't look like it, but you can actually get better at and uh, and do more with. So that that's been fun to play with a family. Yeah, and you're not kidding about that uh, production. It's beautiful. Yeah, it it is. I, I mean, I would probably put it up there with one of the best this year from what I've seen. And I, I'm gonna cheat, Richie, because I've got you here. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you one other, and we're, I'll just talk about it really quick. But I do not want to forget because you want this game. I played a game, Clef can close his ears for a second, but I played a game that you would love. Okay. <laughs> it is uh, Dune Imperium, and this is a game oh, yeah, that you yeah, need yeah. to get to play with the Stuckies. I'm, I'm interested in this. Say, I mean, I'm interested to hear Clef, about it. Yeah. New Clef now. No, I've just said I'm interested in it. I don't know if I'd like it, but I'm interested in it. So here's the thing about this game. So I guess, Clef, if you said, you know, you're having a fun time in space, you know, and, and that's what you liked about Space Corps, and you just, you know, you weren't, too like sucked into is this balanced with this and all that kind of stuff um and i i think you if if that's the way you approach this dune and i do like the ip but it doesn't really matter i think um but dune imperium uh it is designed by paul denon and uh direwolf and legendary games and it is uh, paul denon's the guy who did clank so this is a worker placement deck builder at the same time so he likes that deck building but he wants to put something with it always and in this case it's really interesting because you're playing a faction from dune right and you're getting a hand of cards each time just like a regular deck builder but on your cards you have either uh the action basically you can kind of take a take an action it tells you what spot you can go to and kind of gives you a little bit of bonus with it or you can hold it back at the end of the round and get resources or money for it. And sometimes you really need to do that, okay? Because what you're doing is the resources in this game are like water, money, spice, of course, because it's Dune, right? And uh, and then uh, it's all about troops. And there are these cards that come out every round that you are fighting over, okay? So you're garrisoning troops, uh, you're kind of gathering them and certain actions let you gather these troops and then you can commit them to battle at the end of the round basically to fight over this card that's going to grant you powers because really the game ends with the first one to 10 points but one of the other things you can get are intrigue cards and intrigue cards can be added to your sort of battle total you know kind of like scythe is and stuff but it's it's interesting with this because those intrigue cards do other things as well certainly but you can play them for the uh the conqueror of the battle uh, idea and it's one of those games kind of like how i feel to tammany hall where you get kind of sweaty and you're like does this person realize that i could do this are they watching or are they watching <laughs> other people you know yeah and, and and can i do this or can i pull it off like the last round i almost i almost did it we played with four players and i had where i could shoot ahead and get like four points in one go to get to that past that 10 point total and somebody messed up the conquest on the board so i wasn't going to have the upper hand and i couldn't quite do it but man it's a a little bit of asymmetric play because you all have different slight player powers and it's it's just fun it's just it's really fun i thought you know uh, it's just about getting to those 10 points and kind of knocking each other down a little bit but not in a way that feels bad just in a way that feels kind of thematic Nice. I had it in my cart and then I saw that you bought it. So I was like, well, I I might as well wait. Yeah. Um, I, I will, we'll we'll play it. Um, I, there are other games that I played that day that I thought four player was a little bit too much, but I think this sings at four player just because it's two to four. It has a bot and a solo mode, but I've heard, you know, uh, as I would expect that the two player with the bot doesn't, doesn't, isn't as interesting. It's just, it's so much about playing the players above the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So that's uh, Dune Imperium. And if you are a fan of the IP, this is this is a game to get for sure. I really think it does interesting things too. Uh, there are three different games with worker placement and deck building out this year. There's the the Lost Ruins of Arnak, I think, and then like Endless Winter. And this one just looks the interest, most interesting to me because you're constantly making that choice of, do I keep these cards in my hand, you know, uh, and wait to play them for the resources that they'll get me or the, the extra stuff that I need at the end of the round, or do I play them to the spot? And it's interesting too, because it's not always easy to get to the worker placement spots you you want to. You draw a hand of, of, of five or six cards and not have that worker placement spot you really needed. So then you have to find a workaround. It's interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to try that. Yeah, uh, I, I would give it a shot. I don't know if it would be anything that I would enjoy, but, uh, you know, hey, I'm always willing to try almost anything. Yeah, and hey, you know what? We could, we could go back to the old uh, Dune David Lynch movie. You could wear your... Um, your uh, leather outfit, the one that looks like the one Sting was in, it would be fun. That would be perfect. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Sure>. Well, <laughs> with that being said, hey, you told me, Clef, you told me uh, we've got a new patron, don't we? Absolutely. So our newest patron is somebody that's been on the Slack channel for a long time. He has a way with words because he's a screenwriter. Uh, in fact, he has a company, I think, Alas.game, uh, Alas.boardgames, if I'm not uh, incorrect. He's been doing even some rule writing for, uh, for Ion and Sierra Madre, I think, uh, with like High Frontier and some of that stuff. But uh, our newest patron is Joao Duarte Silva. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, if, nice. if not, I, I apologize, Joao. So uh, thank you so much for your contribution, uh, both uh, both with your pen and uh, with your money. We appreciate it. And to all those out there already contributing or, or giving us reviews or all of those things, we're really thankful for you. Yeah, yeah definitely. And absolutely. He's part yeah. of our, uh, our Slack night crew. He's always in there. Well, the yeah, rest of us are sleeping. Portugal, yeah, just for, right, I think. Yeah, for the, the time difference. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. Oh, man, he's he keeps it entertaining for us, too. So Definitely. And also, uh, I want to give a very special shout out and thanks to Jamie Roof, who just gave us a, a, a little donation on our PayPal account, punchboardparadise at gmail.com. Uh, again, we appreciate any one-time rolling or uh, just support that you want to give us. We, we really appreciate it. So thank you, all of you, for your con- contributions because of you. Even though it's been a hard year, we're, it's a year that we've been able to still be thankful. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, it means a lot to us. And with that, let's talk about somebody else we're thankful for, uh, our sponsor. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. Well, it we've talked about it. It's been quite an odd year for everybody. Uh, whether it's been better or worse for some, it's just been very different from what we planned. But... Uh, I thought that we would talk about sort of the state of the year and kind of look back at how we 
how we fared with our New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm probably going to be the worst in this because I barely, I barely made much New Year's resolution to begin with because I was waffling. But I'd be interested to hear, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear how uh, how Richie and Clef fared with things. So, so Clef, let's 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 come to you now. I know yours had to do with playing new games. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I, my main number one thing I had was I wanted to play. 120 new games to me um, throughout the entire year, which, you know, basically broke down to about two, 10 new games a, a month. Um, so, I mean, you know, considering I didn't do too bad, I ended up with 88 new games played. So I missed it by 32, which okay, that's a lot in comparison to missing it, but there's really two things I can blame that on. The first one is this silly, terrible, unbelievable, crazy uh, year that we have had with uh, good old uh, COVID. And that obviously slowed me down a lot. You know, wasn't able to go to conventions and different places and obviously be able to meet up with other people to play new games. So that hurt a little bit. But really, let's be honest, there was one main reason why this really, really didn't make it to the end, and that's because of this game called Age of Steam. So, but however, <laughs> can we count different maps? Because if we can do that, I beat my goal with no problem. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, because those are expansions, but I, I appreciate that. Oh, I was going to allow it. Good for you. <laughs> Richie, well, Richie allows it. Chad does not. Well, I, I know why Richie allows it. Richie would encourage any of sort of that behavior because, you know, Richie wants more maps. Richie is writing maps in his sleep. He's written he's written three maps called Melatonin Haze, part one, two, and three this already. Is, this is honestly, week. it's my nightly routine. I take I know melatonin, this. I get in bed, and I start building the, recreating the maps. And then I wake up, the laptop's, has hit me in the face and then you know, I, <laughs> I shrug it. it off and I roll over and go to sleep. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this guys. And this, this is in all seriousness. Um, you know, our, our lovely sponsor that we just heard from uh, Mr. Ryan Brockman, he has made a, an age of steam magnetized map with magnetized tiles. And I, I don't know if he has it up on his Etsy page yet, um, I know he he just he's had a couple that he has gotten ready. Uh, one he uh, uh, one of our listeners, Michelle, she took and actually gave it away in the heavy cardboard um, giveaway, Secret Santa giveaway or whatever. Um, and so it's in their Slack actually that you can see it. But um, it is literally like a just a metal big old board that has like all the hexes on it, and then you get a set of all the different. Uh, the, the, like, you know, you can have the regular city hexes and the city and, hexes yeah. and the mountain hexes, and you literally can make basically almost any map that is out there. You can recreate it with the tiles. You still have to have obviously the game so that you could, you know, you have the, the pieces and the, and the discs and all that stuff, but you can make any map you want, including, which I've already now done twice. You can make up your own map and just do whatever. I made up, uh, my, my son and I, the other day, we spent a few hours, we made uh, the map, called, we called it Manhattan. And so we basically had the, the island of Manhattan and we had like Wall Street down in the bottom and we made Wall Street like all four colors that it could receive. But uh, we made it like during the Great Depression time. So at some point the Great Depression happened and then Wall Street shut down and it couldn't take cubes. You know, we just made up our own rules and we played 
played our own Age of Steam map, and this thing, and it's just amazing for that. You literally can just have fun and do your own map. If you like Age of Steam, and you're somebody who maybe you don't have, like Richie does, like 100 maps already, this would be a great idea to get if you only have a few maps and you would like a lot more, because you can literally do whatever map you want. So a little bit of extra I'm throwing to Ryan for, maybe we'll charge him double for this episode. I don't know. But, um <laughs> But hey, uh, we could th- then we need to when we get back together, we need to start start work on uh, 2020. Yes, yeah, yeah. The 2020. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's amazing, and I'm sure uh, I know Ryan said he was going to put some pictures up in our Slack here soon of the of it. Um, it just it looks amazing, and uh, this is I'm I'm not joking around where this is a really really nice thing, and uh, it's. It's pricey, and uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll let him talk about the price. I mean, it's not a cheap thing, but I mean, Richie, you think about it. If you spent all the money on buying a hundred maps, you, you'd spend thousand dollars, right? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, uh, even yeah. the way that I'm printing them, you're you're still talking. It ends up being about twelve to fifteen bucks per map. So per, per map, yeah, yeah. With his setup, and, it, I I got to play on it yeah. uh, just like the earlier prototype of. I haven't gotten to play on the the newest, uh, latest uh, board that he has, but it, uh, it was awesome then. So, yeah, uh, well, it, well worth the, the money new, if you're playing a lot of Age of Steam. Yeah, the new board is even better. I mean, he's he's got it. I don't know. It's just it's amazing. Uh, very very good. Anyways, back to me. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I missed it by by 32 games, and really that was the biggest. Um, you know, I had a. Like I did a little like uh, picked out like a hundred games or whatever, and I said I want to try to play these at least once, or they're out of my collection. I think I played probably about seventy percent out of them, and pretty much I think the other thirty that I didn't play have pretty much left my collection. So I I, I did exactly what I I kind of wanted to. I realized if I'm not getting these to the table or don't have any desire, might as well get them to another home where you know maybe they want to, that they would be played. So nice. Um, yeah. Um, overall for the year, um, I got about 500 plays in approximately. I'm really Ooh. bad anymore of, of trying to keep track. Sometimes I just totally forget. Me too. And not just not just when I go bankrupt in Age of Steam, but you know, just <laughs> in general I forget. Or I'll tell you one thing that I really like. I literally have played uh, Time of Crisis, which I, I'm sure eventually I will talk about in one of these episodes. But I've, I've started the game three times and I've yet to be able to finish just because of time constraints or whatever else has gone on. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you play like an hour or two hours of this game and then you don't even finish it. And it's like, I don't put those into my phone either. Yeah. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, even more of, of what I've, pl- you know, I've, time-wise I've played, but it actually doesn't go on the phone. But, um, you know, I mean, obviously Age of Steam was the bulk of those plays. Uh, well, you know, like 60 plays. But I had 15 of Food Chain Magnate and 20 of Maracaibo, uh, you know, earlier from last year. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I feel like it was it was a good year considering the circumstances. I still feel like I've, I've gotten a lot of fun new games I've got to play. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a much better, uh, hopefully, some convention somewhere 2021, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. What, what about you, Richie? Uh, I did pretty good. I, my main goal was to reduce the collection by a hundred. Uh, I ended up uh, just through trades, you know, giving games away, selling a few games. Uh, I, I think I had hit that hundred pretty early on in the year, and I had upped uh-huh. it to two hundred. But I ended up uh, net loss of one hundred and eighty-seven games out of the collection for the year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as a win. 
Yeah. Since I oh, originally yeah. said 100. So That's huge. Yeah. Good job, buddy. I definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah That's I'd, awesome. I, I'm happy with it. And I've gotten much better about just the, like, a lot of times when I would have seen, like, uh, Chad put up that, his mail day that he got the other day, I would have seen that, and I still would have bought some of those games, like uh, Dune Imperium. And I've gotten <laughs> much better of, like, I'm just going to wait. It's in, it's in the group. I don't need to go buy right. it. Right. Uh, and honestly, once again, Age of Steam has, because, I mean, basically now I'm just printing Age of Steam maps. That's where my <laughs> board game funds go for the most part. And then, you know, I'll spend the wife's co-workers gift card to get my other game. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can spend somebody else's money, that, yeah, that works right that there. <laughs> All right. And what about you, Chad? Well, um, I, again, like I thought that I would pick some, I kind of shunted it off and thought I would pick some specific games and then I didn't. I will give props because uh, I just saw recently uh, Philip Millman, known as uh, sort of the board game ra- rabbi uh, at uh, Heavy Cardboard on the Herd and stuff. And he's all in the gaming community. He is the reigning uh, baseball highlights, 2040 whatever champion. And uh, so anyway, he had a good uh, one of his his goals was choo choo, which was just play a, tr- a certain number of train games, whether that was cube rails or 18xx or so that's cool. I like that idea. Uh, Age of Steam counted, too. But um, anyway, my biggest thing that I actually remember was my real resolute goal was to have an 18xx group here in Omaha that we like met and we almost did <laughs> right before it got real crazy. We almost did. And uh, then it, it life happened and COVID happened and and so it didn't happen. Um, I will say I did get seven plays of eighteen Chesapeake uh, this year, so that's good. Nice. I mean that's that's a good number for that game. And you got um, you got uh, I know Ben. I think I said this last episode. Ben and Jason are they're wanting to get in on the eighteen XX now. So yeah, yeah. And I promised uh, Jason just got it in our in our Slack. He posted a picture, so I promised him that I would teach him at least online, which isn't the easiest. But since he has a a hard copy and a rule book i can help walk him through it on 18xx.games so i will say i did get and it's not quite the end of the year but very close of course i did get 389 plays in which a lot of those are family games quick games my top three are the crew uh my city and marvel champions uh because that's just my you know solo game of choice before i pass out at night but uh age of steam did round out my top 10 with six plays so you know i i did get some not nearly as many as clef but I'm working on it. So that's that's basically how I fared. And and we'll we'll talk about that. We'll make some New Year's resolutions here coming up in our next episode. And I, I just wanted to sh- uh, to tell our punch bunch who, who are asking why why we haven't done a top 10 for the year yet, but we did our top 10s. Um, we'll do that soon. We'll do a preliminary. It's just that there are so many titles that we really haven't even gotten to touch yet because of how production issues have been affected by COVID and all that kind of stuff. But uh, right towards the end of the year, we got uh, a large... Uh, a large influx of, of games in. So as we have done in previous years past, we'll, we'll do a draft like we usually do. And then we'll probably give our actual top tens. But again, that's a few weeks away. So that's what's in store. Uh, but speaking of draft stuff and list stuff, we should probably look back. Richie, you are uh, always good with the statistics on these things. Do you know, um, do you know how things shook out with our top tens and everybody getting on? And I do, I do. Uh, so Chad, you and uh, we had put this up in our our guild, Guild Three Two Two Seven, as far as just our top tens, and uh, we put up a little poll to see uh, who's top ten everyone liked the most. And Chad, the people's choice, 
coming in at 47.5% of the vote. Nice. Uh, Congratulations, congratulations, Chad. Chad. Well, well, thanks so much. I'm actually, um, for the next week, I am actually just going to ask my wife to refer to me as the voice of the people. Uh, So I like it. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Maybe maybe you can make up a song like uh, Tom Tom Vassell did. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I came Uh, in with 27.5% of the vote and Clef came in with 25% of the vote. Oh, that was Ooh. close then. That was very close. close. Yes, close. very so, close at the bottom. Man, I Richie, I thought maybe uh, you know the Concordia would you know help you out a little bit there, but oh, I think Gaia, it did. Gaia I, mean, Project, I really think that Concordia did help. Yeah, Concordia definitely helped, but I think Gaia Project uh, is a yeah. a big mm. favorite as well amongst the the Punch Bunch. Yeah, yeah, true. Could, did you guys see uh, Joe Farrell's uh, resolution for next year? <laughs> yeah, yes. hundred plays. A hundred plays of Gaia Project. Hunter plays. I'm impressed. Which I'm so, going to jump in on a few of those plays. I have not played in a long time, and I do want to get it back to the table. Yeah, uh, I, I, I will play. I certainly would too. But I mean, I I don't I haven't played a hundred games of Age of Steam in a year. I I, this would be impressive. <laughs> That's going to be impressive. Games of Gaia Project. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be impressive. Well, so it seemed like too from the guild that Joe is the one that I owe the geek gold to too. I, I think that he got the closest of all of us. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the yeah. cheat sheet that Richie used. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do think so. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. <laughs> it didn't help me. I still lost. No, no, it didn't help you, did you? <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that's that was fun. And I'm glad, like, thanks to everybody that jumped on our guild and had responses, also shared their their uh, top tens and how, how they uh, aligned with ours. It was great. Um, again, to, to the listeners, you really make the podcast uh, something – to be proud of and really make it to be what it is. Uh, But with that, I thought, you know, it's coming to the end of the year. We haven't done one of these in a while. Um, I'll be honest. I was, uh, I'm going to crib straight from uh, Secret Cabal podcast because they, uh, they were talking about this game and they just started shouting this out during the podcast, which was great because it kind of reminded me of us when we play a game at the end. And uh, there's a game called Name 5 out there from the Green Board Game Company. So it's basically about that you get like a sand timer and you have 30 seconds to name five things, basically. And I thought we would just kind of go back and forth um, for a few of these. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you each categories. First one to three points, meaning getting the categories correct, is, uh, is going to get the win, Okay. So I'm just Nate. You're just going to say a category, and I I will say a category, and then whoever's turn it is, you guys will have to name five things from that category within 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So Richie, I have randomly decided that you are to be first. Okay. All right. All right. Richie, name five salads. Uh, Caesar, Cobb. I don't eat salads. Uh. Egg salad. I hate salads. I really hate salads. The one thing I don't eat is salads. Who wants salad? It's not helping you. I got three. <laughs> Am I, do I still have time? Uh, yeah, um, you still have time. You got nine seconds. Yogurt salad. Is that a thing? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yogurt salad? I don't eat salad. Oh, stop. Stop. I would house even, salad? I would even give you point salad, buddy. <laughs> oh, point salad. <laughs> 
That was awesome. Richie started so strong. Caesar, boom, and I hate salad. Man, do I hate salad. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Clef. I, I did. I thought these were going to be board game related, so I said salads. I was like, what? All right. You ready, Clef? Uh, sure. Okay. Mythical creatures. Five of them. Go. Uh, a minotaur. Oh yeah. Uh, a, a centurion. How about a a troll? Okay. A goblin. Do okay. those count? Yeah, sure. A dwarf, and an elf. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. All right. Ooh, that's bam. Cool. All right. One point. One me. point. One point. Okay, Richie, I know you got this one. You ready? Right, nothing salad related, please. <laughs> okay, well, this is very, very. Um, Can you give him a meat question? <laughs> I think. Okay, I'll give you a meat question. You ready? All right. All right. All right. Uh, name five other words for underwear. Go. Uh, panties. <laughs> meat question. <laughs> panties, uh, thong, whitey tidies. <laughs> Uh, skivvies and long johns. Okay, good. We got it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. It's one to one. I love the fact we have Richie saying panties on the podcast. <laughs> this is great. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. Clef, name five Star Trek characters. My goodness. Uh, James T. Kirk, Spock, Dr. McCoy, um, Beverly Crusher, Captain Picard, William Riker. Okay, good. Uh, good. Benjamin right, Cisco, right, um, Jake right, Cisco. Oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, but here's here's yours, Richie. You ready? You're you're mad at me right now, but here's here's yours. Ready? All right. All right. Name five board games which don't use dice. Uh, the <laughs> King is Dead. <laughs> um, okay. Pax Premier. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Come on, buddy. Oh, uh, birdie fight or songbirds. <laughs> Pete Mots and Parade. Okay, good job. I was worried about you. All right. I just went the card you game. You got it. <laughs> okay. Now, let's see here. So if Clef comes through here, he wins. Yeah, but he's got to come through. Yeah. That's true. Got to give well, me a hard I, one here. The fact yeah, that you gave him Star Trek. I did, but yeah, I was going to give you the other one. It's all right. It's all right. Okay, here we go. Okay, you ready, Clef? I'm, I'm ready. All right. Name five bald actors. Go. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Um, Telly Savalas. Ooh, all right. Um... Ah, this is kind of tough. Um, <laughs> Mr. Clean. <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you got a good one. Uh, Dan Smith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's time. <laughs> all right, I, I, got, I lost it. All right. That was all a tough right. one. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Richie, this, is, this, this can be yours, man. All right. This can be yours. All right, you ready? Well, hold on, hold on. If Richie gets this one, I still have a chance to tie him, right? Yeah, you he got one more. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. you, you can get one more. Okay. okay. Yeah. Ready? Ready. Okay. Here we go. Oh, brands of chocolate. Hershey's, Cadbury, Reese's. I'm, I'm going to tell you, 
I'm not a big fan of chocolate either. Um, <laughs> what do you want? Don't no get salads, Richie's no chocolate. Salad, <laughs> salads or chocolate. Chocolate is great on things. It's terrible by itself. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's all I know. What What does a brand of chocolate mean, though? I was confused about that. Like I, I think Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is a brand of chocolate? Well, Reese's puts out chocolate. I would give yeah, it to Yeah, Reese's put out, puts out oh, chocolate. Okay. Um, yeah, like I can't just name candy bars, right? I can't just say Snickers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll scrap that one. Just, just edit that part out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Edit it out. Here oh, no, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. People so, know what type of questions we're getting here. All right. All right. I'm trying to give you just, good ones. Here we please, go. Please, please do not give me five books because I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cluffy, you have the chance to redeem yourself though. Here we go. I, I think you will probably get this. Here we go. Good. All right. Um, Let's do uh, <laughs> name five gifts for a man. Go five <laughs> gifts for a man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cologne, a tie, underwear, <laughs> um, a robe, and a board game. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll give that to you, although not distinctly for a man. But okay. <laughs> Now in this game, is there cards that you're you're looking at? Yeah, I'm reading off of cards. Yeah, I got from you. The so they, they have game. a yeah. list on there that they have acceptable answers. Uh, they did not give lists. No, are you against board game or are you against just? No, I'm just saying general you still? literally could say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for his his answer, you could Car, say whatever you computer. want. Computer. Yeah, uh, I, I think they might have some. I'm not sure what the rules are exactly. The thing about this game and. Uh, I wouldn't play it that, this way, but the thing about the game, I, I think, is you move around a board, like roll and move stuff too, because there's like mm -hmm. different like all plays and and things like that. I think you just take the cards in your pocket and do it on a road trip. You know what I mean? Just like right. we do, mm -hmm. Linky. Okay. I, when you said this, I and, and not to say that you've had time, but I thought you'd come up with like a you know name five worker placement type of games or name five you know uh auction games or whatever i i thought that's what we oh were, yeah we that were, would be good we but ain't try. nobody got time for yeah. that yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, whatever yeah no but the main thing is here is i won the game let's just yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so. <laughs> richie's best Richie challenge not coming like up for all the different names for underwear so <laughs> although chocolate is better Panties. than salads <laughs> like the the psychos that just eat straight hershey's chocolate bars i've never understood who's mm, eating those nope. No, nope. I got a Reese's. I love Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, peanut butter and chocolate. Just, just chocolate. Hey, no. chocolate reduces. Uh, chocolate releases those like good serotonin feelings in your brain, man. It's just that's uh, all you need. R Richie has enough of those at nighttime. Buys <laughs> yeah, too many exactly. board games. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So. <laughs> I guess so. Well, <laughs> hey, to our uh, to our wonderful listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you got plenty of chocolate in your stocking if you celebrate. Uh, we're looking forward to interacting and hearing from you in the new year. But in the meantime, please be safe. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Yeah, and good riddance to 2020. Everybody have a great new year. And, uh, yeah, have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.
drumming. <laughs> well, you know, I watched Soul yesterday. I'm in the jazz mood. I guess that was two days ago already, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 